Thank you for listening. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri 63114. Times of worship, 8.30 on Sunday, Bible study 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome and thank you for considering us as your place of worship. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. churches in Africa, Pastor Timothy, Pastor Antero, we want to thank you for joining us. We want to hope that you will hear something that will edify you, help you grow, and ask the age-old question, if you're not saved, what must I do to be saved? Our motto is we get, we want to get saved people thinking and thinking people saved. We're not going to belabor the matter. We're going to start off with our scripture and prayer from Brother Steve, and then we're going to go to our exaltation from uh, Sister uh, Karen, and then we'll proceed from there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. So the scripture I wanted to share today is from 1 John chapter 2, 26 and 27. It says, These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in him. Um, I shared that because after I read that, this is uh, the John MacArthur Study Bible. After I read that, I went down to uh, the notes to read a little bit more. And uh, it says some other things, but what I wanted to share is this. It says, In response to such deceivers, the task of the genuine believer is to walk in truth. (laughs) Persevere in faithfulness. And sound doctrine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for all the blessings that you bring us. I thank you that we could gather here today to worship your name, Lord. I pray that you be with the speaker today as they bring the word. I pray that it is your Lord that is brought today, it's your word that is brought today, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us and help us to continue to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Praise it is truly a blessing to be in this place on today. I don't know about y'all. See, Pastor gave us that challenge about praise, and I ain't stopped praising yet. I, I woke up praising this morning. I said, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. See, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Hallelujah. I tell you what, if you 
in your heart. You finna get your praise on it right. for that 60 seconds this morning. All First right. of all, I'm gonna have Sister Frida read Psalms um, 91, 1 through 14. And then we gonna get our praise on because, whoo, they got some meat in it. I don't know about y'all, but they got some meat in it. All the word got meat, but baby, this is the meat to get y'all to get y'all praise on this morning, I hope. Go ahead, Sister Frida. Teach your morning. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come under your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, and the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Hallelujah. Now somebody need to give some praise. Ain't that something? What did you get out of that scripture? Let me tell you what I got since y'all in slow motion on this morning. See, I'm in fast motion on this morning because I want to just praise him and worship him. I want to lift you up. I want to encourage you because in, those, in that scripture, I got God, he will, he's my divine protector. Yeah. He's your divine protector. See, somebody need to praise him because yeah. see, when you got a divine protector like Jesus, you need to be clapping your hands, stomping your feet, yeah. doing cartwheels, giving him some kind of praise. Yeah. And then when I got out of it, he's our deliverer. He delivers us from any hurt, harm, or danger. I don't care what's coming at you. I don't care what you're going through. He's going to deliver you. He said we got the victory in him. Hallelujah. Somebody need to praise yeah. him on this morning. It's that God is true. And you need to hold on to the truth. Yeah. Hallelujah. I got, he is our security. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't there something when you got a security blanket and you don't even know you got it on you? Yeah. Hallelujah. I tell you, security in Christ Jesus is something. I'm telling yeah. you. Because you know, you, you don't even know you got it on. You be driving, he say, stop. Then something happens. You don't know. He's your security. He's protecting you from that accident. He's protecting you right now. You don't even see it. Hallelujah. Somebody about to pray. Y'all look out here to pray the Lord on today. He's been good to you. You're here this morning. So he's protecting you from something. Hallelujah. He said he'll keep us in his divine care. I don't know about y'all, but today, he, you know, whoo. I definitely can say I'm in his divine care. But see, y'all don't want y'all don't want to see it. Y'all don't want to see it. Where's your praise at on this morning? Come on. Can't you give him 60 seconds like Pastor said? Let this be your 60 seconds, because ain't no telling what you're gonna do when you leave here on today. Come on, Come on somebody yeah. need to praise him right now. Because you don't know when you walk out this place and you're gonna make your own praise. So I said yeah. we're gonna praise. 
whatever. Because right. he's just that good. Hey, Amen. Y'all yeah. have a joyous service as we sit back and get the meat and whatever. If y'all want to start shouting and praising him at some time in the service, do that. Because he is worthy to be praised. Yes. church and I really get excited sharing um, Jesus to the children and um, several years ago I was involved in another church and there was an organization called CEF which, which is Children's Evangelistic Fellowship out of Warrington and they had came to our church and taught us how to teach children and there's something that they shared and they offered us um, that really helps and it also helps with leading adults to Christ because of course we know it's the same scripture mm -hmm. and some of you may have seen this but um, I just get really excited um, there's ribbons that have different colors and what you do is when you're going through this and I'll read this to you you just flip up that ribbon highlight that scripture and look, Stephen's going to help show me how this works. Um, but also, you put this in your, you put this in the top of your Bible, mm -hmm. in there, and then that way you have those pages saved. Um, and what they recommend for children is the wordless book. Mm. So you ask the children, what does this remind you of, this goal? And it reminds me of heaven. Um, a beautiful place called heaven in heaven there's a street paved with gold but the real treasure in heaven is God God is the creator of the whole universe he made the earth and all of nature and then you ask them if they can name some things that God has made when the Bible says God loves the world he's talking about you God loves you and wants to have a wonderful friendship with you now and forever in heaven um, and then you read the scripture that is the gold ribbon. Which is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then you go to the gold page. I'm, I'm sorry, the dark page. And this it represents sin. Sin is anything you think, say, or do that goes against God's laws. This dark color reminds us of sin and how it separates us from the Holy God. The Bible reads Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone is born with a sin nature. That means everyone is born knowing how and wanting to go against God. When you lie, hit, or do bad, or have bad thoughts, you sin. Because he is perfect, God has to punish sin. The Bible says no one who sins can go to heaven or be with God unless his or her sins are forgiven. Instead, all, all, all sinners deserve God's punishment to be kept apart from him here on earth then forever in a terrible place after their time on earth is done. Mm -hmm. Then you move on to the red page. 
But because God loves you, he made a way for your sin to be forgiven. He sent his perfect son, Jesus, to earth to make a way for you, your sin to be forgiven. Jesus was born, grew up, and never did anything wrong. He never even thought anything bad. Did, did Jesus deserve to be punished? No. no. But Jesus willingly took your punishment for sin. The religious leaders who did not like what Jesus was teaching beat him, and other evil men came and nailed his hands and feet to the cross. The red page reminds us of the blood that came from Jesus. There's also another scripture, Hebrews 9, 22. Hebrews 9, 22. And according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. This verse means that unless sin, sinless Jesus bled and died, your sin can never be forgiven. Before Jesus died, God required people to sacrifice animals to show how awful sin really was and to temporarily save people from its punishment. The animal's blood represented life that has to be given to take away sin's punishment. When Jesus died on the cross, his perfect sacrifice paid for sin once and for all. And then your next page would be the clean page. God's word reads, John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. This means if you receive Jesus, believe Jesus died and rose again, and trust him to forgive your sin, you can be one of God's children. He will always be with you on earth, and you will be with him forever in heaven someday. The punishment for your sin will be taken away. You will have God, the Holy Spirit, with you to help you turn from your sin and live God's way. And then you ask, are you ready to receive uh, Jesus? Then the last page is the green page. Because you are God's child, he wants you to get to know him better. What does this color remind you of? This color reminds me of grass. When you get grass water and plenty of sunshine, it grows. And the scripture for the green ribbon is 2 Peter 3.18. 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. When the Bible says we need to grow, it isn't talking about growing taller, but becoming better friends with God. The letters in the word grow can remind you of what to do. G, go to church. R, read your Bible and pray. O, obey the Bible. And W, witness to others. So I just want to let you guys know that if anyone wants one of these ribbons uh, to share for invitation um, in one of these tracks, let me know because I can get these uh, it's CEF and give them to you guys at no charge. Amen. Okay, and thank you. Oh, and also, we are starting Children's Church here um, every second and fourth Sunday starting in September. So please bring your children so they can learn about Jesus.
Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a Talk, we talked about the sanctification process. Mm -hmm. The process the Holy Spirit is taking you through. Mm 
But in that process, we learned that there's a war going on. And that's what we've been talking about in Galatians. The war of bad teaching, the war of legalist teaching, the war of liberalism, the war of electional uh, license teaching. The legalists were who? The Pharisees. The, the liberalists were who? The Sadducees. And the elected license were the Herodians. Okay. So what we have is these bad teaching, but that's external leaven. We call it leaven. Leaven is anything that permeates us, that keeps us from moving in the direction that God wants us. Bad teaching will do that. It'll stop you. Because bad teaching normally leads you to self and away from Jesus. Okay? So last week we compared the, the Pepsi, which I drank, as being leaven, and the water, which I drank later, being the word of God. And we know this ain't that. Okay? But the biggest war that's going on is not the teaching. See, you can turn off bad teaching. You can walk away from bad teaching. You can go to another church. You can join another Bible study. But the leaven that you're born with inherently, that born in sin and shaping iniquity that's inside of each and every one of us, that's the leaven that really stops us because all the teaching does is pile on like icing cream on cake or something. But that is the leaven inside of you. That war that goes on in each inside a saint who becomes a Christian. A lot of us think when we become a Christian or we tell it that, oh, it's over and everything is good. No, the war is just beginning once you become a saint of God. The Bible says that you're going to be have trouble all the days of the rest of your life. The Bible says you have to pick up your cross and follow him. So all these things become leaven to us, a burden to us. And again, our own experiences, our life experience, our education, where we live, our economic and social status, tend to be leaven because it takes us away from what God wants us to do and what he wants us to be. So today, we're going to say, say the war continues. The war continues. The war continues and it's in your mind. That's where it's at. In your attitude, the way you talk, the way you walk. And again, you want God to bless you, but the problem is you stopping him. You stopping him because of what you think. I'm going to dig y'all a secret, get a little closer. God don't really care what you think. Ah. He said, let my word be true in every man alive. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't care what you think about his word unless you're thinking the way he wants you to think about his word. Right. Everything else is just an opinion. There's such thing, you know, if I said it, said, a truth don't mean anything. You got to have the truth. Right. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. He said, I'm just a way. He said, if you come up any other kind of way, you're like a what? Thief and a robber. Some of us are robbing our way to the top and just sliding our way to hell. You believe you're going up, but you're actually going down. And then when you get to heaven, you're going to say, you did all this religious stuff in his name like a good Pharisee would. And he's going to say, what? I never knew you. Mm -hmm. See, there's a thing about him never knowing me that scares me. And rightfully so. This has nothing to do with the passion about not giving you the spirit of fear, okay? Because a sound mind tells me that I better fear if I'm not right with God. Because mm -hmm. he said he gave us a sound mind. That's a mind that understands some things. And if I'm not right with God based upon what God says and and try to come with him with what I think, then I'm like the rich young ruler. I'm going to be rejected. But God didn't reject him. If you read that passage, Jesus didn't reject him. He rejected God. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, that's where you at. With this war that goes on inside of you every day, it's like you have a choice. And see, that's the thing. You're not a robot. Now you have to learn how to do one thing and one thing well. You have to learn how to submit to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the implement of which you were saved into. You weren't saved by the Holy Spirit. You were saved by Jesus. Mm 
You was baptized into the body by Jesus. And the baptism, the element of baptism is the Holy Spirit. Just like when you get baptized, it's the person who baptizes you and he baptizes you with the element called the water. You are baptized into the body by the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes you into the body. And the element that brings you into the body is the Holy Spirit. And once that Holy Spirit lives with inside of each and every Christian, now the war begins because the old man is not dead yet. Mm. Your old man is still kicking and screaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your old man still wants to do what, even though it's dying, it still wants to live. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing about the flesh. A multi-billion dollar industry is about keeping you young. <laughs> Men and women. They got a color for your hair. <laughs> they got a cream for your skin. They got surgeries to make you look young. And they got a pill to make you buy. Viral. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is, is that this flesh, this war goes on. And the, and, the, and the spirit cares nothing about the flesh other than it's the container of what is holy and good. You still got holes in you. And you leaking from every end. And God is trying to deal with us when it comes to that. So let's open up our Bible to Galatians. Chapter 5. We're heading towards the end of Galatians. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 right after he said a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And now we're dealing with the leaven of the mind. The war continues. Outside leaven we've dealt with. You don't have to listen. But the inside leaven tends to be the biggest problem in our lives. So like I said, the war continues. Uh, Galatians 5, free to read 16 through 18. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Amen. <laughs> a little leaven, leavens, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, but now it's my interpretation through my mind to say, but I say live by the Spirit and you will not what? Gratify, satisfy, love the things of the flesh. The desires of the flesh war against the desires of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And each one is opposed to each other. It's like two teams that, that, that on the football field that oppose each other. Each one wants to win, but only one can win. There is no tie in God's economy. It's either going to be him or it's going to be something else. But there's only two choices. But if you choose, see this is the thing. If you choose to walk by the Spirit, so now you're engaged in this process. Because if you don't decide to pick the right side, then you pick the wrong side. So if you desire to walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify this flesh. So, Pastor, what does that look like? That means at any given moment, I have an opportunity to make a decision for God or a decision for my flesh. The flesh opposes the, the spirit. The spirit opposes the flesh. Both of them are fighting for superiority in your mind. And you have to decide whether you're going to humble yourself to the mighty hand of God or you're going to go with what you think. You're going to ride with what you learned 10 years ago. You're going to rely on the salvation of your mama and your daddy and what they taught you. And even though they may have taught you wrong, the hardest thing to do is admit that your parents or your loved ones taught you wrong because they didn't know no better. Mm -hmm. They got taught to the level that they could be exposed to. Or you're in a church where your pastor don't know no better. Mm -hmm. But you are so attached to that church and you believe that the historical uh, 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 relationship with that church, God is going to give you a reward for that. Mm 
But see, the problem is you can't take the church, the corporate body with you when you go to heaven. That's it between you and God. And God said at one time he winked at ignorance, but now he doesn't wink at ignorance no more because you can get this. It's simple. But you have to decide today that you're going to spend time not gratifying your flesh. Because your flesh is in deep opposition to the things of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. And the free fruit of the spirit. Self-control. When you're out of control, that means you're gratifying your flesh. You're not exercising self-control. You're not exercising patience. And you should not exercise in love. But you make a decision every day, every second. You're like a supercomputer calculating things, thinking about things. And you make these decisions that, that will determine how God looks at you in the sense of how well you are appreciating the sanctification process. You are his workmanship. And grace allows you to grow at your own pace. Say that. Grace allows me, grace to, allows me to grow at my own pace. But I better not lose the race. <laughs> Running in grace. See, because grace does allow you to grow at your own pace. I can't look at you and tell you that the Lord's not working on you until right. you open your mouth. Because right. if you open your mouth, it's not the Lord not working, it's you working on you. See, Lord is still working on you, so we have to be patient with each other. I may see something in you, you may see something in me, and say, man, passing in his flesh. I might be. Hello. Right. We're not above our flesh, we're in our flesh. And see, we have to understand that when we walk in the spirit, there is no law. Because we walk in the spirit, we walk in the spirit of love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's walking in the spirit. That's living out your life saying that each person that you're around that's in your sphere of influence and strangers, if you can help them, you will. It manifests in love for the person sitting next to you. It manifests in understanding where they came from. The problems they may have from day to day. Not letting your bias, your prejudice, the way you think, interrupt the way God thinks about them. So many times I found out that saints have their preconceived notions about anything and everything, but they never use God. Matter of fact, I was in a situation not too long ago. Brother Will, that's here today, the beautiful wife Deborah, he had to check me. And I had to call Pastor Gas and check him. Because <laughs> I gave him some flesh advice. But see, when you hang around a saint, you can receive the correctness of the word. See, even though I may be in the flesh at any given moment, you put that word on me, I think that I'm mature enough to catch it. And he came so smooth, both y'all out of law. What? <laughs> Hold on, I start listening in. What you mean? <laughs> Bro, Matthew 18. Damn! <laughs> but see, this is the thing about it. At that point, when I heard the word of truth, I made a decision to what? Walk in the truth that I heard. That's your power. You can make a decision now before you couldn't make a decision. If you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, no matter how relatively good you are, you are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You deserve to die. You deserve the wrath of God. Read uh, Ephesians chapter 2. You are, the, you are the children of the devil. But God, who is rich in mercy, the grace that is given to you was afforded to you by his burial and resurrection. 
That you would not have to suffer that. But you got to suffer through your own mind. And that's the hardest thing to suffer with. See, I can suffer with external stuff. But it's my own imagination, my own mind, my own preconceived notions, prejudices that I have to suffer with from day to day. So there's some things I just want to tell you. I'm not going to be before you long because I just want to stop by and just tell you something for a second. <laughs> read 18 again, but I'll read it. It says, but if, you, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are what? Not, not under the law. Now think about this. If I'm being led, that means I'm submitting, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not being pushed. I'm following. So if I follow Jesus, I'm no longer under the law because he satisfied the law in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. So the law which condemns me has no more authority over me so then I can be led by the Spirit into the truth of God and dealing with all that I come in contact with. I am not condemned anymore. There are no more condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Since I'm not condemned, why would I live under the law that condemned me, that had no way for me to get out, and I can live under this thing called grace who rescued me, who gifts me, lifts me up, who guides me on my way, and lets me walk by the Spirit. Hallelujah. I can walk by the Spirit when I understand what grace did for me. I can walk by the Spirit when I appreciate what the cross afforded me. I can walk by the Spirit when I understand that there's no more condemnation. Some of us live under condemnation still. You let people put you back under condemnation. Yes, yes you're supposed to be convicted yes. about what you do. But your answer is repentance, Romans 2 and 4. Don't you know that the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? Come on, Pastor. When I learned that passage, I said, what? Hold on. His goodness? Not the penalty, Pastor Gaskin. Not the wrath, Brother Will. But his goodness. So then I began to explore what that means. What does his goodness encompass? His sacrifice. He died for me. That I might have a relationship with him. How good is that? If somebody took the bullet for you. That on that cross, it was judgment day for the whole world and the wrath of God that was due you was poured upon him that you may live. And he was, he believed in his father and his father would raise him from the dead. And once his father raised him from the dead, his last prayer in John was that those who believe in the preaching and the teaching of the apostles, that you will watch over them like you watched over me. Yeah. And God is watching over you. Amen. But you have to make some decisions. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. That means you have to follow. Thank you, Lord. So the Holy Spirit is saying, come along. And you say, no, I just want to you know, do my own thing. I want to live like the judges did. Do what's right in my own eyes. Okay. And the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. He said, oh, so you choose this day to serve your flesh. And the Holy Spirit loves you so much because he knows he's going to win. He'll say, I'll wait over here to be done. Or the Holy Spirit said, you know what? I'll whoop on you till you submit. Mm. Well, you know what I found out when God really loves you? He's going to whoop on you. Yeah. Yeah. He said he chastises those he loves. He'll tear you up when you're out here sinning. He won't allow you to cover it up. And if you cover it up and think you're getting away with you, you're more blinded than the blind man. God see everything. You can't cover it with your platitudes of Christianity. You can't fool nobody. 
Your flesh can't, your flesh is evident. Yeah. But we need to make our Holy Spirit that dwells within us evident. Yeah. And the way he says it is about the way we love each other. So when we walk by the Spirit, when the war goes on, our goal is to make peace. That's our first goal, to make peace. Go to Romans 5.1. Go to Romans 5.1. Let's see this. Let's see peace, how this works. Romans 5.1. You see, we got the technical stuff going down. See? <laughs> Check it out. Romans 5.1. Go ahead. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ is the way that we have peace, but it's our faith in him that gives us the peace. It's not the faith in our faith. It's not the faith in us. It's not the faith in our church. It's the faith in what he did to cross for us. And because we have faith in what he did, and we, have, we are justified by that, we're justified by his blood, then that means we have peace with God. We are no longer enemies with God. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got enemies out here, but I'm not an enemy of God, the creator of all things. Amen. See, that's the good thing about being, a, being a, a child of God, is that you have peace with him. And again, the second thing I said is that you, you are, that you are the child of God because you're blessed. Go to Matthew 16, uh, Matthew 5 and 9. It says, blessed are the, are the peacemakers, for they what? Shall be what? Called. The sons and daughters of God. So in you coming to Christ, you have an opportunity to be a peacemaker and you become a son and daughter of God. See, your position changes, your distinction changes, your name changes. You go from being a stranger to a son. You're adopted into the family and you have all the rights, as we read in Galatians. You are heir, a joint heir. So if you're a joint heir of the Prince of Peace, your job is to make some peace. Come on. <laughs> that's part of your that's part of your kingdom. That's part of your right. You are a peacemaker. But you need to learn how to make some peace in your mind. Ain't no sense you going out here trying to make peace with a false treaty in your mind. Alright. There is no ceasefire in this war between the Holy Spirit and your flesh. It rages on until your flesh is diminished and you die. On your last breath, your body's going to be trying to live. Mm -hmm. And your spirit man going to say, I told you I was going to win. <laughs> he said, but I ain't, I ain't over with yet. Because in the proper time, I'm going to give him a glorified body. And it ain't going to be like this body. That's wicked and decaying and full of sin. It's going to be glorified just like Jesus' body. Amen. I just want her to go that thing. When we're a child of God, there comes a responsibility for our peace. See, the, the issue is not that you're not a peacemaker, but anytime that you're set free from something, the cost of the freedom, he bought you with a price. So you owe him. You are debtor to the Jesus. You are debtor to the Lord Jesus. So if you're a debtor to the Lord Jesus, you need to decide what you gonna do next? Well, the Lord tells us in uh, Matthew 16, 24, that all those who follow him, that if you wanna be his disciple, that if anyone wants to follow him, well, we have to pick up our cross, don't we? Yeah. Matthew 16, 24, it tells us that we need to pick up our cross. What is our cross? Our cross is, 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 is the burden 
that was brought about by the freedom that we get afforded to us. See, there's a burden in freedom. See, this is not willy-nilly free, do what you want to do. No, it's free because it's a burden. The burden that was born, he had to bear the cross, and now we have our own. And you have that cross until the day you die. But since you're his son and the heir to the kingdom, the cross that you bear is going to be light because he said, my burden is light. See, you bear your burden through what he did at the cross. He did the heavy lifting. All you got to do is the easy lifting and submit. A lot of times we think that our burdens are such that can't be overcome by God. But if it couldn't be overcome by God, then why did he die? He can overcome all. But you have to see that. You have to believe in that. You have to have faith in that. And the faith that you have is not your own free gift from God. See, everything comes from God is centered in God and centered in Jesus. And all our hope, all our glory is centered in Jesus. We are glorified because he's him and us, us and him. We are the glory of Jesus. We are the gift from God to Jesus Christ because of his obedience. So when we walk in obedience and not under the law, not under tradition, not under religion, we have open, true, honest relationships. We walk by truth. We walk in truth. We walk for truth. We fight for truth. We examine ourselves to continue to make sure we're in the faith or not. That means simply this. You're not examining yourself to see if you're saved. You're examining yourself to see if you walk in the walk of the Spirit. Examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. In the faith is the walk of the Spirit. That means you don't spend a whole bunch of time gratifying the flesh. It doesn't mean, see, what you want to go is to the extreme, oh, fornication. Oh, okay, yeah, that's another level. But we talk about day-to-day -day activity in your life. Are you willing to sacrifice what you want for somebody else? Are you willing to give another person a helping hand? Are you willing to tell somebody about Jesus when you can clearly see clearly all they need is a kind word? Or do you sit there and ignore them and walk by them because you ain't got time? That's walking in the spirit. That's having a discerning spirit. The obvious you can discern is the little things that you that you really need to be honed in on. Like that young boy sitting outside at the Bible study. The flesh told us to leave him. The spirit told us to take him home. Y'all missed that. Mm -hmm. The flesh told us to leave him by the wayside. Mm -hmm. But the spirit of God told us to take him home. Yes. Our goal is to take people to safety. Yes. Our goal is to guide people into the Ark of the Covenant. Our goal is to guide people to Jesus. No, we're not their guide. Gods, we're their guides. So when we walk in the spirit, we're guiding them to our king. We're guiding them, trying to bring them in part of the family. Okay? That's what we're doing. We're guiding them along the way. Then we need to pursue. We need to pursue. So we need to make peace. We need to pick up the cross and follow him, and then we need to pursue. Philippians 3.13. 3.13 says, brothers, I do not consider that I have, what, made it my own. But one thing I do know, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and what? What it say? Is it up there? Straining forward. And straining forward, what it say? To what lies ahead. I strain forward to what lies ahead and, for, and, and it tells us that we press on towards a mark. So we got to pursue Jesus. See, I forget yesterday. I can't do nothing about yesterday, y'all. Some of us kids talk about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Some of you in here will talk about yesterday and it's two days later. <laughs> Three days later. <laughs> A week later. Mm -hmm. Cousin used to. Mm -hmm. What we did in the past. Mm -hmm. 
Why did we do this when we could have done that? Mm. Well, that's gone. Amen. You can't do nothing about it. So when you're walking in the spirit, you don't worry about yesterday. You worry about today because today, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And you need to walk in the spirit today. You need to walk in that maturity to show that you are appreciating the war that's going on inside of you. And that sometimes you win some battles. The war is not over until you close your eyes. But let saints, the saints are not winning battles because they're not submitting to the Holy Spirit. You walk around a big L all the time. Wondering and crying and begging. Why you got to do that? Your que the question is not a legal, a legalistic thing. It's an intimate relationship thing. Are you moving in the spirit of love? Or do you want to do something so God can, oh God, look what I've done. Oh, the reason I suggested praise is to make you have more intimate relationship with God so you can see what God is doing in your life that you're not giving him glory for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going looking for God to do something super fantastic for you, but I can tell you what. If you recognize the small things, you'll see how big they are. Thank you, Lord. Y'all saw what I wrote about the, the, the eye doctor. Been bothering me for two years. Mm -hmm. The specialist, the one who has the degree, didn't, every time, well, something else is wrong, I mean, let's look into it, you know. And a fellow, was basically for your sake, is an intern. He's a doctor, but he's learning to be the specialist in two years. He said, does it feel like you're sand in your eyes sometimes? I said, yes. He said, you know what I see? I said, what you see? He said, I see a stitch that needs to come out. That's probably causing all the problems. Why didn't the specialist see? Because he wasn't sensitive enough. Mm. See, you could be in this thing so long, Brother Will, that you will become sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Wow. You know tradition, you know religion, you know how to stand, you know how to talk, you know when to clap, you know all of that stuff. You know how to say all the stuff that wastes a whole bunch of time, but you forgot how to lead somebody to Christ. You forgot how to sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and talk to them about the goodness of Jesus. Because you've been in this a long time. You've earned your stripes. Mm -hmm. You've earned your title. Mm -hmm. And you walk around and you say, look what I've done. But when's the last time that any of you led anybody to Christ? These situations in here where we preach and teach are not really fitting for that. Yes, you can be led to Christ through a sermon, but you know what the best one, the one that sticks most of the time is when you had a personal relationship with someone. Right. And you sit down and not only tell them about God, but you become their instructor in God and you lead them, you hold their hand, you be there when they fall, they're accountable to you, you're accountable to them. You tell them about your pitfalls, uh, your walk with God, so they can say, wow, if God is still saving you, you mean he can save me? You mean I'm not so bad that I can't be saved? Yeah, and I'm not so good that I don't need Christ. Yeah, but my pitfall, yeah, but, but guess what? He said, he never leave you no possession. And because he said, you can count on So we pursue God. We pursue him at every angle. We don't let up on God. And we practice. Go to Galatians 5, 6. Read that for for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Faith working through love. So it's my faith. 
that is valuable to God. Not my external religious activity. It's my faith that counts as everything. But its element that it works through is love. Faith without works is dead. Faith without love is even deader. We said faith without works is dead, but faith that has no love is not faith at all. It's works. Because see, you don't need faith to do the work. You just need the assignment. But faith requires you to trust in God as you're working to glorify him. See, faith glorifies God. The Holy Spirit was sent back to glorify him. That's what, the, that's what Jesus said. I'm going to send back the comfort. The comfort is not going to glorify itself. It's going to glorify me. And it's going to teach you all things about me. And so therefore, we have to be taught about God. We have to have faith in God. We have to surrender. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to submit one to another. We have to be kind to one another. We have to move by faith. We have to walk by this thing called faith. And the bottom line is we have to learn how to love each other. You can go through all the gyrations you want. If you don't have love, Paul said you don't have nothing. And a lot of us in church are walking around a bunch of nothing because we don't love nobody. I, my brother taught me a phrase I love. Us fall no more, shut the door. <laughs> you don't really want nobody coming to your church. Because you want to keep your position because you know there's somebody with a stronger gift in that area than you. You know somebody can sing better than you. You know somebody can worship better than you. You know somebody can praise better than you. You know somebody can preach better than you. You know somebody can teach better than you. But you are so caught up in your position that you don't even want God's people to come through the door. And if they come through the door, they better look like you, talk like you, and submit to you. Where's Jesus in that? That's law. That's liberalism. That's appointed license. But grace says, whomsoever will come, let them come. You never know. That person that you reject to come through that door might be the person that God wants to work through to help you grow. That's why I love walking truth. All of you help me grow. Each one of you are as important to me as anybody else in this room. It's about all of us. It's not about me. Because we're going to all get there together. We're part of a body. I can't say to my hand, hey, look, you know, you go sit over there. I'm not dealing with you today. <laughs> no, it's all works together. Amen. And we're knitted together by this thing called love. So we're finishing in Galatians. The Galatians were being tricked by the Judaizers. That's one thing. That's one matter. But then Paul goes into walking by the Spirit and submitting to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And that's a thing, that's a battle of the mind. Ask yourself, are you being led by the Spirit? Are you sitting out there in the world listening to this? Are you being led by the Spirit? There's something in you that tells you that you, you need to get right with the Lord? <clears throat> All you need to do, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and you can be saved. Not will be, you can be. He wants to save you. He died for all of us, but he died for those who would believe. So all you got to do is believe. You don't need a right hand of fellowship to be saved. You don't need a right hand of fellowship to be saved. You don't need to march around to be saved. 
you need to believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Amen. And that's the formula. Amen. The rest of it, you can be taught. Religion, you can be taught. But the intimate relationship with God is something that you have to experience. You have to go through. You have to decide how intimate and close you want to get to him. And then the church with the Holy Spirit and good leadership will help grow your gift that you could be an effective part of the body, your local body. And then if you're supposed to go national, can't nothing stop you if that's what God wants for you. But I like the scripture where it says, Pastor Gaston, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. I think it's written to all those pastors who are laboring in fields that's not, not so popular. You be faithful to the field God got you in. Humble yourself to that field. And then if he wants to exalt you to another field, he'll do that. But we got to understand there's a power in the intimacy of having a relationship with God and having a relationship with each other. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the peace. I thank you for the pickup. I thank you for the practice. I thank you for pondering on your word that we can walk in the spirit of Father God. The Lord teach us how to submit. Submit to the Holy Spirit be led by the Holy Spirit because the war rages deeply within us. We have our own opinions. We have our own prejudices. We have our own ways of thinking about things, oh Father God. We can rationalize anything. We can make it all sound good. But Lord, you said let your word be true. And every man alive. Teach us how to think like you. Teach us how to look at things like you. Let us submit to that Holy Spirit that dwells in each and every one of us. Father God, edify us, keep us, watch over us as we continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, grace allows us to grow in your faith. So Lord, let us look at the beauty of the pace that God gives us. Thank you for coming. We thank you for being here. And like we always say, we always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and peace. Always remember to what? Walk in truth. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed, and appreciated. Hey everyone, this is T Drake, your podcasting godmother of connection. Now, have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast, but you're just unsure of what to do? Well, guess what? I've been there. So I'm going to help you out. I am going to help you with your social media, your messaging, and so much more. You will even get access to some of my podcasting friends. So, guess what? There's a lot that you're going to get. So I hope that you'll join me in this amazing opportunity. Now, all of that sounds great that I just talked to you about. Now, I bet you're wondering, the whip up, what's in it for me, T. Drake? Tell me what this is going to run me. And you can best assure that I'm going to make it affordable for everyone to participate and I'm so glad it's gonna be spectacular, stupendous, amazing. Oh my gosh, you can hardly believe it. So, this is what it is. Now, I'm gonna be offering something amazing for sessions that I normally offer for $1,000 value, but for a limited time, I am offering a special 
offer for my first 100 students, not for 500, not for 450, not for 350, not even for 250, but for $200. You got it. T Drake, your podcast godmother of connection, is offering this to truly help those that have been on the fence. Now is the time to pull the trigger and use your roar. Let's go. Arr.